acorns are jumping off my Chinese house. Two ducks in my spyglass, furry as a mouse, it's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 182. It's the Rhinebeck episode. Sunday, October 29th, 2017. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. The Yarns at Yinhu podcast has a Facebook page, and it's available on iTunes. Each time I record an episode, I post photographs, show notes, and links to things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. Today's episode doesn't feature the usual segments. Instead, I spend my time talking about my visit to the New York Sheep and Wool Festival this past weekend. I talk about what I saw, who I met, my purchases, and I hope you enjoy the episode. My Rhinebeck experience this year began with a course I took on Friday. It was a full-day class taught by Emily Woolsheed of Bricolage Studios, and the title of the class was Handspun Wire Core Jewelry. So we learned how to use wire as a core for hand spinning, and then we created several different jewelry pieces. Emily is a very patient, knowledgeable, and kind teacher. And what I most appreciated about her class was the way that she paced it so that we had time to work on three distinct things without feeling rushed. And I didn't feel overwhelmed by information or technique. And she's very effective in giving instructions and also tips. We started by making two one-ounce bats out of all kinds of fiber and add-ins and different supplies that Emily had purchased that she dyed herself. And she showed examples of different things we could do and walked us through the steps of creating a bat on a drum carter. And then we had lots of time to play and make our bats. Then we spun on two different gauges of wire that she had brought along for us. I wouldn't say that the process of spinning fiber onto wire is easy, but through Emily's instruction, I really did learn what I needed to, to be able to accomplish the task. And I know some things that I can do to improve my technique. One of the things that was happening to me, especially when spinning on the finer wire, is that sometimes instead of 
encasing the wire in fiber, I was actually plying the wire and the fiber together. And so sometimes in finished pieces, I can see some of the wire peeking through. The students in my class, it was undersubscribed, the class, so there were only six students and we got a lot of individual attention. And my classmates were extremely competent spinners and very friendly and kind. We all spun pretty much all of the supplies that she had given us onto the wire. But Emily made it clear that we actually didn't need that much core spun uh, wire to create the jewelry that we were going to do. And so after lunch, we had really kind of a luxurious lunch break. A lot of us walked around the fairgrounds. I did some visiting of folks I knew were setting up some booths during the lunchtime, and then I finished my spinning. Following lunch, Emily led us through the directions for making three different pieces of jewelry. We wrapped some wire around a copper bangle that she had made for each of us. Emily's background is really in metalworking, and she has added fiber to that. So she is such a whiz at cutting and snipping and bending wire for jewelry pieces. She was just amazing to watch. So she made us each a bangle, and then we wrapped some of our um, corespun yarn around that. And then we wrapped some of it around these vintage thread spools that she had, and she strung a chain through it and cut it to size and refashioned it so we could wear that. And then the final piece we did with a finer gauge wire, and you can actually knit with a fine gauge wire. So we knit an I-cord, and then we ran it through a contraption that's it's similar to a diz, but it's thicker. It's like a block of wood. And it turned our strip of knitted fabric into a cord that was more consistent in diameter. And then we attached it to findings, copper findings that Emily had turned for us. And then she put that on a piece of chain as well. I think this class was so exceptional because I learned a lot. I had time to work on each skill, and I left with a lot of supplies so that I can continue working on projects. So sometimes when you leave a class, if you are lucky enough to have completed the thing that you were there to make, which sometimes you're not, <laughs> depending at the, the pace that you work, um, then you kind of have to start over if you want to work on something like that again. In the case of this class, I left with half of each bat that I made because I had much more fiber than I needed for the spinning. And I left with yards and yards of wire core yarn that I had completed because I only needed a very little bit for the jewelry projects that we made. And I left with a lot of know-how so that just by stopping at a craft store and picking up some additional wire and findings, I can continue to 
create some jewelry of my own. And to me, that's an excellent value in a class that I feel not only that I have a product and I have skills, but I'm energized to keep going with that idea. And I'm also excited that I could try spinning fiber onto those LED lights that are so popular around the holidays. I would really like to try to do that. I think it would make a great gift item. And I'm eager to try it. So it was a great, really great start to my weekend at Rhinebeck. To be on the fairgrounds, Friday was just an absolutely gorgeous day. And to be among all of the energy of people taking classes, to see some friends, and to visit some some vendors. Of course, there's no shopping. It's just to say hello. I dropped off some goodies and uh, just really had a look at the fairgrounds before the festival began. After my class finished, I drove over to the Rosendale area and met Mary Beth and Tony at our Airbnb, which was a really cool location. And the owner has renovated this apartment with um, green and sustainable specs. So it was really nice, new construction really well appointed and relaxing for us. We had our dinner in Rosendale and then we just hung out and made shopping plans, made lists of things that we wanted to visit, exchanged some gifts and just got a bit of an early night to sleep uh, so that we had a lot of rest in preparation for the weekend. On Saturday, we arrived at the fairgrounds quite early. My first stop was Brooklyn Haberdashery. I have been hearing about it from other podcasts. I've been doing some embroidery of my own, and I was just really interested in all of their wares. And also, I anticipated that the booth would have just really amazing aesthetics and be set up really cute and it did not disappoint. It's absolutely darling. It was a little bit difficult to shop because all of the products are quite small and it can be difficult to see. You really have to get up close to everything to see it and even though it was my first stop, the booth quickly became very crowded. So I did a little shopping there and then promised myself I would return later in the weekend. Other purchases included a very long uh, stay at the book stall where I really did the bulk of my shopping. I buy a lot of gifts for the holidays at Rhinebeck and I seem to find something for many of the people on my list. So I left with a really big haul of books Some signed, some not. Among my purchases were lots of things for other people. But for myself, I picked up the Slow Knitting book by Hannah Thiessen and also a cross-stitch of female icons. And I've already begun making some plans with that book. 
On my way out of the bookstall, I stopped at a booth that was selling leather handles. I've been thinking about making a tote bag, and I, I kind of let go of the idea of making Stephen West's sun satchel because I didn't think that the fabric felted strap would be strong enough. And actually, over the course of the weekend, I met someone who had done the sun satchel and then attached leather straps to it, which I had not thought of. But I saw that there were these beautiful dyed leather handles in a, in a deep plum color. When I purchased them, I was given a pattern for a felted bag, and it looks really sturdy and roomy, and I, I think that's the project that I'm going to go for with a bag that I've created for myself because it, it has been a goal of mine for a while. And so later in the weekend, I think on Sunday, I visited the, is it the brown sheep? It's in one of the upper barns where there are just bins and bins of lamb's pride wool. That's, it practically felts when you look at it. So it's really awesome for felting projects. And I purchased some in a deep purple color, a gray, and then I just got one skein of a really bright orange that I think will make a nice accent. So that's a project that is coming up very soon. Uh, I attended the podcaster meetup and was really pleased to have some nice, I had long conversations with not a lot of people. And that really suits me because I like to engage in conversation and often just a quick exchange isn't really very satisfying to me. So it was nice to have some extended conversations with some listeners, with some other podcasters, to see everyone's wonderful hand knits and just to exchange well wishes, see what people have been shopping for. Uh, I feel that Podcaster Meetup is really a lot of fun and a great tradition. Later in the afternoon, there was also a retreat meetup where a bunch of us who have attended the Knit Local Retreat met up near the Foster Sheep Farm booth and got to see Carol and Mary Jane and make quite a few purchases. Uh, It was really a lot of fun to see the Concordia yarn and my capelet pattern displayed so nicely at Carol's booth. And Carol was also wearing one of the samples, and she did really well with her yarn sales, which pleases me no end. Even though I haven't knit the sock yarn I got from Carol in New Hampshire, I purchased another skein because she had just some really beautiful hand-dyed sock yarn. It's her American-made superwash merino nylon, and she had some dyed with amazing fall colors that I could not resist. So I bought that and some of Tom's honey that he had just pulled from the hives, some soaps. It's Carol's Booth is just such a great place to shop. And then we sat around on the grass for quite a while, hung out, had had snacks, and talked about our purchases. 
reminisced about the Knit Local retreat, and that was really a nice pause during the day. A lot of fun. In addition to visiting Carol and Mary Jane, I also uh, made a stop at the Battenkill Fiber Mill Tent to see Mary Jean Packer. And she's working on something called the Hudson Valley Textile Project, where she's working with local fiber producers to create some fabrics and home goods and other kinds of products as a way to encourage people to buy some of the things that they need for their home from local products. There were some gorgeous woven pillows and there was also felt and I bought a sizable piece of uh, felt from local fiber. It was dyed this gorgeous burnt orange color. Three sides of it are cut but the fourth side is sort of the natural ragged edge of the felted fiber. There's a little bit of VM in the felt. It has this beautiful plush. It's, I don't know if it's spongy. I don't know. It's a little bit coarse, but it's not extremely dense. And she had several different colors. She had some that were uh, two-color, two-sided pieces of felt, It was really an intriguing product, and right now it's the centerpiece to my dining table because I just think the color is so autumnal and wonderful, and I love looking at it. I love the texture of it. So that was a good visit, and and, um, I also visited with my friends at Fibercraft Studios down in Barn 22. One of the most exciting aspects of the day was wearing my year-long project, my Rhinebeck sweater, my Shackleton project, the Bresse dress, and I had many, many exchanges over the course of the day talking to people about what I admired and also uh, talking to people who stopped me to ask about the dress. That was so gratifying and so much fun to talk over and over again about my year-long project and to feel so good wearing something that I had taken so much time and so much care to make. After a year of working on that project, I did not ask a single person to take a photograph of me wearing the dress. Mary Beth and I were so excited all that time waiting in line to get in. We didn't ask Tony to take our picture. And at the end of the day, I realized that I didn't have a photograph. This was after I was already in my pajamas. And I I was so bummed out about it. And then just a few days ago, my friend Melissa alerted me to the fact that Mary Beth and I were on the Mason Dixon um, blog post because the ladies at Mason Dixon had seen Mary Beth in her Birkin and they were taking a lot of photographs and I happened also to be in that photograph. 
So I was so relieved that there was a photograph of the two of us together because we were both so excited to be wearing things that we had worked on for so long and we were so proud of them and it was really nice to have a photograph. So I've shared that and I will also post that photograph on the blog post for this episode. Our day at Rhinebeck ended a little early on Saturday. We left the fairgrounds before the festival closed. We had plans to stop at Jill Draper. It was a little crowded and we were a little overheated and overtired and just kind of bailed on the idea of shopping there and went to Keegan Ales for some beer and some dinner instead. On Sunday, I decided not to wear knitwear. Uh, I wore the tea house dress designed by Sew House 7 that I had knitted earlier, (laughs) that I had sewn earlier that week. I wasn't sure if I would be able to pull off a brand new dress pattern uh, the week before Rhinebeck, but I was pretty motivated by the weather forecast to work on something that would be appropriate for warmer weather. And even though I was rather comfortable in the wool dress all day on Saturday, I really wasn't excited by the idea of wearing knitwear on Sunday. So I wore my tea house dress. I wore my batad shawl that I made for the first Rhinebeck I ever attended. And that looked good until about 10 o'clock when the shawl came off because it got exceedingly warm again. I spent some more time at Brooklyn Haberdashery on Sunday morning and had the booth pretty much to myself for a few minutes and was able to do some more shopping. Mary Beth and I toured around the food building and then... I went to Green Mountain Spinnery to make a yarn purchase. One of the things that was ubiquitous, it seemed, at the festival this year was the Sunset Highway sweater. And it has such a striking yoke that it's difficult to miss. But I was looking at some other trends I saw. And one item that people were wearing quite a bit was the Deshane sweater by Leela Robb. And it may have been that a lot of folks knitted that for summer wear, but then it ended up being so warm that they brought it to Rhinebeck. Often I saw it layered under another sweater or a jacket. When it's layered, it looks kind of like a bib or a shawl. Whatever you're wearing underneath of it shows through. It's kind of dimensional. It looked so wearable. It looked great on a lot of different body types. And I really fell in love with this garment and decided that I wanted to knit one. So after considering quite a few yarn options on Saturday night, I settled on some cotton comfort from Green Mountain Spinnery. So that was a stop that we made on Sunday morning. And Mary Beth helped me pick out this gorgeous color called eggplant. 
Cotton Comfort is um, kind of a tweedy look where the cotton creates a kind of a tweed in the yarn. And this eggplant color is a purple leaning brown, really dimensional, beautiful, and with the added bit of cotton, I think will really take me through a lot of seasons. It looks great layered over a dress. A lot of people were wearing it with jeans. I think it will be a, a nice wardrobe, you know, handmade wardrobe addition. We, after that shopping, we were just in time for the Leaping Llamas, which was exceptionally well run this year. There were a lot of contestants in probably the best sporting event in the history of the world. And uh, there were a lot of contestants, but the the process and the progress of the competition went very quickly. And my favorite contestant actually came in third. Ella has a goat. She's part of the Cashmere Kids program at St. Mary's on the Hill. And I have seen her spinning and caring for the animals at St. Mary's every time I've attended the Knit Local Retreat. And my first encounter with Ella, she was tiny, maybe, I don't know, four or five years old, sitting at her spinning wheel, spinning away. And she was a lovely young lady with her goat this year. They had been practicing and she did really, really well in the competition. And it's clear that she has a great connection with the animals. And the woman who was announcing the show explained how Ella had spun, already spun all of the fiber that she brought to the festival. She had her, her spinning wheel in a stall next to her goat. And uh, she was looking for some more fiber to spin on Sunday. So always a great experience at Leaping Llamas. After that, there was time for pierogies, my favorite festival food. And I think my final purchase was a felted pumpkin. The kits were all gone, and I really wanted to bring home a pumpkin for my dining table, and it just seemed appropriate to buy that one that was already felted. I like to conclude my New York sheep and wool visit by spending time in the barns with the animals. There were some competitions going on. I got to see Tom Foster and Albert enter the competition for best fleece and just got to pet and take photographs of the animals that were there. I feel so fortunate to be able to attend Rhinebeck so frequently because it's quite close in proximity to where I live and I can work it into my schedule. It seems to me that people get so excited about Rhinebeck because of the potential for interactions with people who care about the same kinds of things people who care about the products that they're making or selling. They care about where things come from. Um, they care about the time and the skill it takes to make something. And 
I have found that even though, you know, it's so crowded on Saturday (laughs) and there's so much potential for things to be maybe not so great because there's so many people in such a small space, mostly it tends to be really great because people are great and they are considerate and kind to one another and bring their best selves to a to a festival like that. There really isn't much reason to be unhappy because you're among people who care about the same things you do and you're surrounded by a beautiful fall setting on gorgeous fairgrounds. The weather was awesome and there were so many wonderful things to look at and to purchase. I feel like it's fuel for the year to be able to attend something like that and to kind of gather up all of the energy, the positive energy that's coming from everyone else. I feel like when I work on things throughout the year, I try to infuse some of that really wonderful feeling into the things that I'm making and to remember the energy and the light and the buzz of the festival to kind of sustain me through not so great times throughout the year. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who said hello, who was kind and all the great conversations that I was able to have over the weekend. It was truly a joy and I feel very fortunate to be able to partake in an experience like that. Acorns jumping off my Chinese house Two ducks in my spyglass Furry as a mouse It's a sweet nature A sweet nature thing It's a sweet nature A sweet nature thing It's a mighty fire It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. Leaves lay down like a lady, waiting for a naked man. River bends like an elbow, turning stones to sand. It's a sweet nature, sweet nature thing. Sweet nature, 
Thanks for listening. Music for this episode is so sweet. Music and lyrics by Samuel St. Thomas, performed by Bovine Social Club. Eat well and stay strong as you hone your post-apocalyptic skill set this week. Thank you.